Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Seria Chronicles is a Maya Chronicles production. Chronicles, um, Mina Rizuki, and I'm doing the first postcards um, edition of this new way that our pod will be set up from now and then. It is us recording our perspective, talking about certain talking points, going back and forth. We've explained this already. I don't think you really want to hear it again. Um, but it is Sunday evening. I've watched uh, Juventus just win 3 0. I'm kind of happy. I'm also a have it paused at the moment but I've got match of the day because I've got Premier League football to do tomorrow so it's kind of like one of those crazy nights but I'm also very very excited by a bunch of things so welcome thank you for tuning in if you're a Patreon member then welcome especially to you so let me start it off by saying that as you all know Italy has a new national team coach now we haven't had a chance to to talk about this Nikki and I But as you all know, Roberto Mancini has walked away from the national team and he has now officially been replaced by Luciano Spalletti, the man who guided Napoli to their first Scudetto in 33 years. I think most of us are thrilled with the decision. I'm I'm going to put it out there. I'm not a fan of Antonio Conte, but I would have been fine with him coming on as well. Would have been happy either way. I think that there are some great Italian coaches, so you can't really go wrong with the choices. Um as long as Ventura isn't back there. (laughs) Um, But it was a great ride under Mancini, so it is a little bit sad to not have him there. I think that certain mistakes were made and there's been a heavy split by people who understand his decisions to walk away and others who have labelled him a traitor because he didn't give the team enough time to prepare for the important matches and qualifiers coming up in September. I don't really have any judgment on him, to be honest with you. I understand his positions. I don't think he felt fully supported, as he's mentioned in his interviews with Gravi- about Gravina. The FA, let's be honest with you, the Italian FA is not, it's not the very best. And it's a lot of men trying to cling to power. 
and trying to make sure that they are heard and really the power should be with the football people, with Mancini, not in breaking away the group of men that he has relied on um, and who he's, he's collaborated with on this special journey as uh, the coach of the national team and having a say on his unit, on it, on his staff, just makes no sense to me. So I'm not really surprised that he's just done with it. If he goes to Saudi Arabia, I'd like you to turn down 40 million and then tell me you know, if you will turn it down. I know there's romance in obviously not doing that and it would be disappointing if he goes. Of course, of course, it's always disappointing when people bow down to money. Having said all of that, I genuinely do believe that if he was offered more support, we wouldn't be here talking about any of this. As it... Anyway, all we need to know now is Luciano Spalletti has, uh, has the job. We are thrilled to obviously have him as the coach, especially with this Italian side that has a lot of young teams that did exceptionally well. Um, maybe not win the finals, but the under-19s did. And we're going to talk about a special player within their ranks, Michael Coyote, the man who actually scored the goal in the final that won the trophy. And what a performance he put in, not only throughout that tournament, but um, for Fiorentina as well over this weekend. Um, I'm sure that you heard about the controversies when it came to Spalletti because obviously it was this push and pull with Aurelio Di Laurentiis who wanted to be paid because Spalletti had said that he doesn't want to work in Napoli. The only way Di Laurentiis would allow it to happen was to say, well, you'll have to pay three million should you work like a non-compete cause. And then the Italian national team was saying, well, we're not competing, so we're not going to pay that clause because it's just a matter of principle. And eventually, back and forth, back and forth, Spalletti looks like he's going to pay it with his bonus, so. And you're going to think I'm crazy, but I agree with Di Laurentiis, you know. People are like, you should feel the Patriot side, you know, the, the, the desire to want Italy to win and do anything you can to help it. Mm. Life is a business, have contracts, obey the contracts, work as a functioning country that understands law and order, you know. Somebody signed a contract, you just pay the amount, get over and done with, let's start this out, and it doesn't need to be drawn out and spoken about, you know. Um, Gab actually wrote a wonderful piece about it, Gab Marcotti, um, in the sense that everyone looks bad in this situation, and it does, it just looks so bad, all of it, you know. But I honestly think the FA looks the worst. Um, either way, I'm especially happy for Spalletti because I just think that every day he just has new fullbacks to look at and choose from and and rely on. I think Udogi was just absolutely fantastic for Tottenham Hotspur um, because Ange Postologlu is just turning out to be a great coach. And it's early seasons and you know me, I like to make judgments very quickly. But what a wonderful performance from the kid. Um, and, you know, we've seen him. We know he's great. So going... I have a lot of time for Idihanians who go abroad and you know that, you know that I feel like if you're not getting your chances, he was getting his chances. But to all those others, I hope you can look around and see the journey of players like Jude Bellingham, who wants to try different opportunities, experiences abroad. You know, go, go play in the Premier League. Go, don't sit there and hope that Juventus or Milan will choose you to and promote you. If you're not getting your chances, there's a big world out there, you know. Go play for Leon, go play for Portugal, whatever um, Portuguese side you you might want to. So I'm glad that Udogi is playing for Spurs. I'm glad that he is really 
earning it right now in the Premier League. <laughs> I'm thrilled for him. I'm thrilled for Michael Coyote. And I'm, I mean, I'm going to start with Fiorentina because I just thought that was such a special performance from them. And I don't know where to start because it took me back, um, Captain uh, Biragi's uh, goal. I was just like, it was fantastic. I don't know what to expect from Fiorentina because there's a part of me that's like, how high is their ceiling? How far can they go? Because let's be honest with you, this isn't a squad that can compete with your top four, right? It is not a squad that is as rich as others. Then you've got, you know, you've got quite a competitive league there. You've got, you know, your big hitters, your Inters, your Juve's, your Milan and Napoli's. But then you have like your Roma and Lazio's. Atalanta is always this freaky beast, you know, that shows up and does brilliantly. And then it's like, where do Fiorentina lie in all of this? It is Genoa. And it's worth mentioning it's not, a top general, right? It's a newly promoted side. It is a side that is without Strutman, that is De Winter on the bench, that has Malinowski just arrived. Uh, Macias is not there. So it's not a top strength Genoa side. It is one that is still trying to familiarize itself with Serie A, but Fiorentina was just fantastic. Whether it's the experience of Bonaventura and his amazing intelligence, whether it's Biragi having, you know, managing those types of finishes, those types of goals that just sets your heart um, racing, whether it's Mandragora, who's personally one of my favorite people to watch in at Fiorentina, whether it's Artur, like what? So this guy, we've always known that this guy, this guy, I want to be like, you know, this guy, we knew he had potential when he was at Juventus. Obviously, we knew he had potential when he was at Barcelona. And he showed glimpses of that under um, when he was at Juventus, under Pirlo. Um, but, you know, either he was unlucky with injuries. I mean, he was just never available, right? And he didn't always seem like he quite got what he was asked and, and tasked with doing on the pitch. And it's been difficult because it's not like he came to a really consistent Juventus side, you know, one that had already like, I, I feel like it's been a mess for the last five years, even when we were winning. So it's just not been great times. But that performance for Fiorentina, at Fiorentina under Vincenzo Italiano, who continues to show what an impactful coach he is and how far he can really take a team. But it was such a solid commanding. It was He was such a presence in midfield. And I'm starting to think that Italian is a coach that I would, wouldn't want to buy a player from because I feel like he has that magic touch that he can turn any player into something fantastic. And then I'll buy that player and then he'll be a dud. Um, because if you can show that much personality playing for Fiorentina after your performances at Juventus, after the failures that you've suffered, even from a psychological point of view, not playing at Liverpool, you know, it was really magnificent of Arthur to come in and, and put in the performance that he did. Bonaventura was easily man of the match. Fiorentina were just fantastic. Um, it's just, it's wave after wave of attack. They still make mistakes defensively. They still conceded a goal. Um, we know there's always things that they can improve on at the back. I'm excited to see them this season, but I'm mostly excited about Michael Coyote, who was chosen in, in place of Dodo. Um as uh, as right back and now he was the under 19 player who scored the goal in the final that allowed Italy to win the championship finally we reached a final that we actually won um he's a fantastic presence spent some time in the youth team at Juventus but they didn't want to keep him he went to Serie D and 
Now he's in Fiorentina. Uh, long story, but he is a player who really, he reckons himself with just the right amount. He knows that he's special and he wants to play with no fear. And it's it's something that kind of mentality belongs to people like Jude Bellingham. And the fact that he's got it makes me very excited to see him going forward and makes me very excited for what Spalletti has to work with. Um, you have him, you have Udogi, and you also have Cambiasso. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So there's been a lot of talk at Juventus because Juventus put in a masterful performance. Now you guys are laughing less at me when I said them they're my favorites to win. Um, I just, highest wage bill, you know, most expensively assembled side, poorly, whatever you can say, you know. Um, but there is a lot of talent in that side when it's healthy. Um, and playing once a week, you feel like maybe they can do it. Maybe they won't. I mean, they're only targeting top four. But the club seem very positive about their chances. Allegri seems very positive about his chances, even though he's downplaying it now. But... That performance was wonderful. I'm not going to lie. I'm very happy by what Juventus managed against Udinese. I don't want to get carried away because it is Udinese. Um, but who, you know, that's a team that can either win by a thousand nil or lose by the same scoreline. So you never know what to expect from them. But Juve away from home, that understanding between Vlaovic and Keza, that understanding between Cambiasso and, and Keza. 3-0 in the first half. Really splendid stuff, you know, pressing, moving, insertions, attacking, great attitude, going forward all the time. This is something that I didn't know that I could see from Juventus anymore. I'd gotten used to so much mediocrity, right? Um, I know Juve can win. I know they can grind out victory. But this seemed, this seemed something like a throwback to Allegri's first stint. And it was very exciting to watch. Um I loved Vlaovic's performance in general. Um, I, I thought that he was wonderful. And not because of the penalty he scored, actually, by, but because of the offside goal that I wish was counted, but Ealing Jr. was offside. But you could tell that there's there's fire in his belly. There's a desire to prove himself. He's moving a, little, a lot better at the moment. 
I would like, I think Kaza is obviously fantastic. I worship at the altar that is Kaza. I still, here's the thing, right? There's a lot of good players in this world and, you know, they're here, but Kaza can be there. But he's just somebody that doesn't really listen to instructions. And and it's kind of a little bit frustrating to watch sometimes. Um, so obviously, Allegri thinks that he's a striker. He thinks he's a winger. They've, there's been arguments about his role before. Um, serious arguments. He played as a striker against Chelsea in the Champions League, if you remember. And Allegri was like, this is where I want you to be. But Keza is a player that wants to show you he's really good. And sometimes that that causes problems because he won't necessarily listen to instruction. But I do agree with Allegri that I think he needs to stick a, lo- a little closer to Vlaovic because you have Alexandro, you have Cambiaso, you might have Kostic. You have a lot of people that can occupy the flanks. And Keza, we need to have players in the middle because he's a special talent. He understands how to score goals. He is so technically gifted and he, un- he has a good understanding with Vlaovic. So... Together, they won't be isolated. Neither of them will be isolated. They can play off one another. And I think it could be really beautiful. But I do sort of need Keza to listen to more instructions. I still think the midfield needs work at Juventus. And I wonder if you agree with me, Nikki, there. Because it's it's easy to get away with this type of performance, you know. But when it's Udinese and your flanks are doing so well, then you're scoring goals and you're efficient and defensively secure. But against teams that can keep the ball, against teams that have a great rhythm in midfield, it's going to be tough because Miretti, so frustrating to watch, isn't he? Always trying to take a shot of goal when you're just like, look, where's the better option? Rabio and Locatelli are not yet in the perfect condition. So, but I guess my question to you, Nikki, is, is, you know, Inter was fantastic. I'm starting to think that maybe, well, I'm going to let you speak about Inter, but I just want to ask you that question. Is Alnatovic the better choice, right? He might just be the better choice for Lautaro Martinez to, to play alongside him. What a great performance from them too. Monza, I expected more. What about Juve? Can they win it? Oh my goodness, Mina. I'm so excited to talk to you about week one of the new Serie A season. Do you know, I didn't think I would be. Um, honestly, like after the... Um, Lioness has lost the uh, final on Sunday morning. I was, I was just a bit like, oh, you know, going from a World Cup final to to paying attention to club football again just feels like really underwhelming. And of course, like I was sad for Lionesses. I mean, obviously, like I've talked about it plenty before. I've talked about it on the Chronicles. I've talked about it in things I've written. I always, um, in my heart, pull more for Italy than Freeman, but I am half English. My family is half English. And the Lionesses have just been so easy to get behind as a team uh, for so much of the tournament. Of course, I was cheering for them. I was watching the game with friends um, out in like a, it was a pub that had like an outdoor area and and it was beautiful sunny day and it all just felt set up for, the, for them to win. And of course, they didn't. They didn't deserve to. And that's a whole different podcast that I shouldn't get sidetracked by. But, but I didn't think I was going to be excited to go and watch City Agon after that. I felt like that had killed the day of football for me, but couldn't have been more wrong um, coming back to it on Sunday night. Just like on Saturday night, um, I really enjoyed this first round of games. Um, I think before I talk about it, since you started on the Italy job, I'll just sort of speak to that quickly. Um, I don't sort of want to get too, too sidetracked because you've already talked about it and I think there's broadly like quite a good consensus around Spalletti. It was just an obvious choice 
is you know reigning league champion, currently out of work, even though technically he was under contract with Napoli, and uh, someone who has earned it. I think in terms of even before this league title with Napoli, just what he contributes to Italian football. Of course, sort of the originator of that famous four six zero formation. Roma, the using um, Francesco Totti in, in, in an innovative way. Someone who I think had really left his mark in Italian football even before coming and finally winning his league title. It just it feels like the right step and the right moment for him. I'm excited to have him as the Italy manager. Um, I, I think as you were hinting at with Antonio Conte, yeah, you know what, maybe I would have felt between the two more confident of Conte just to drag us through this qualifying group, which has not started great for the Euros. Um, but overall, I see more enjoyment and upside with, with the Spalletti appointment. So Spalletti was the one I wanted. I'm nervous for him because the first two games are away to North Macedonia and then home to to Ukraine. And with having lost already at home to England, these are kind of must-win games, right? Like these games are going to define the group. Those are two teams that Italy are going to be fighting for second place with. Um, and uh, as dismal as that might sound, it's the reality. And the reality is that Italy did lose a World Cup qualifying playoff to North Macedonia. Now it was a freakish game. It was a game where everything that, you know, could possibly be awful was awful. And North Macedonia didn't really have a shot until they scored. So you'd hope will be fine, but I am nervous. I'm nervous for him coming in and, and having those games. I mean, I've got the, the like two and a half weeks away or well, a time more than that, but then they're, they're not far away at all. So it's, it's straight into the fire, um, for Spalletti. Um, but I don't want to talk too much about that. I want to talk about Sedia because it was an exciting first weekend. You threw me, um, the question right away about, um, Marko Anatovic, let's start there. Um, really, it's a good win for Inter. Obviously, Monza were, were not um, European contenders really last season, but they were a solid team. They pushed some teams. They beat some teams. They definitely sort of put the cat amongst the pigeon on, on that first sort of uh, season back, uh, first season ever in Serie A. And, um, and the... Um, uh, yeah, this this wasn't sort of on paper necessarily a totally straightforward game. We talked before the season started about how much Inter had lost. We're saying about Jekka, saying about Lautaro. Um, so of course, them to win this game and for Arnautovic to be um, a, an important part of it, setting up uh, Lautaro's second goal was 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 a really encouraging start for them. I have all sorts of mixed up feelings about Arnautovic, to be honest with you. Um, I think on the one hand, there's something neat about it as a story, like it's come full circle, right? Like he was at Inter more than a decade ago. And I remember then, like sort of kid who was a, all a bit arrogant and a bit of swagger to him, and and at the time thinking, are you really as good as you think you are? And I think compared to what he's heard for himself at the time, probably he wasn't. But but he's gone and had a career, and and perhaps has sort of been has done enough in his career that he merited a chance at some point to come back onto his bigger stages. Of course, he was very close to signing for Manchester United a couple of years ago. And I think part of my reservations about him is, number one, age, he's 34 years old. Um, but number two, the United turning him down, it wasn't just about age, it wasn't just about being perhaps a bit underwhelmed by his profile, but there was that backlash against him for um, you know, the incident he, incident he had with the Austria team where he was... Um, 
used, well, he was accused of using racist language against the North Macedonia player. He, he did deny it, but um, there's, there's been that story and another couple of other stories about him saying things that, that don't cast him in a great light. And I think that stuff um, nags at me as well with Arnautovic. So I, I slightly don't know how to feel about all of that. Um, I certainly can't pretend I was enthusiastic about his signing, but I could certainly see why Inter would look at his performance in that first game and think, you know what, we might not have done such terrible business here. I, 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 even then, I still want to come back to you, yeah, but you did have Jekko, right? Like you did have someone who could could do this job well and you wouldn't have had to pay a 10 million transfer fee for and who, look, um, it's not like without out of you're buying a young player. You're still getting one who's 34 years old. But still an encouraging uh, debut. It's an encouraging start for Inter all around, I thought. Lots of good things in this game. I thought Turam had a nice um, first ODI game with them as well. Um, Barella, obviously being Barella, had those moments that, that made you jump up and down. It was it was good. It was what you want to see from Inter. I don't, I don't know if I am resisting everywhere, Mina. Like I feel like this is a weekend of like part of me like wants to like give you like the most knee jerk reactions. There's so much stuff that you could give knee jerk reactions to this weekend, right? Um, Obviously, like Arnautovic and Inter winning is 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 one thing. Um, you talked about Juventus, and you're asking, you know, do I think Juventus is the real deal? And I, I find that question really hard to answer as well because, I mean, maybe Udinese was really terrible. They didn't look great. Um, obviously, um, you know the the big transfer with them. Um, that, that sort of has dragged on through this summer is, is the sort of idea of Smarzic going to, to Inter and that hadn't happened. And so he doesn't start. Here comes off the bench. He was okay off the bench, but clearly that's disruptive to your preparation, right? You, you've got to talk about an important player who thought he was leaving and then didn't leave. And like, how's that impact? For sure, that's all part of what you've got to ask with this Ordinaire team. But definitely I was struggling with trying to read that game, being like, okay, is this that Juventus are playing so well that Ordinaire um, I think made to look bad or are Udinese are actually maybe in, in some trouble this season. I mean, they weren't great last season. Um, and, and I could see them being a team that gets dragged into a relegation fight. So time will tell, I think is my feeling, but I, I was encouraged by, I, I'll say one thing really clearly, which is I was really encouraged by the way that Juventus went at the game. I, I just, I think there's some sort of confirmation bias in in how you think about things and how you remember things. But I, I really like can't remember watching a Juventus team play with as much. I can remember, but I mean, like not recently under Allegri. I can't remember them playing with as much zip and and direction and directness and, and just speed and willingness to go at an opponent as they did in that first um, part of the game, the first half. It was really, really exciting. And yes, as you mentioned, Federico Chiesa moving inside. Um, Allegri obviously talked about that at the end of the game, said this is his role. You know, I think him playing out, basically said that I think him playing out wide is is a wasted opportunity, like it's a waste of, of his talent and um, leaving him as a winger because he should be scoring 14 to 16 goals a season. And, and that's that's a gauntlet thrown down, right? Like it's a gauntlet thrown down to to Chiesa. I, I'd love to see him take it up. We all remember what a player he was at the Euros. We all know he had that cruciate ligament injury the, the, the January afterwards. And we all want him to get somewhere for, for Italy and and obviously events to be events as well, but just people observe him and, and see him and see he's been this sort of exciting talent. You want to see people realise their talent and and yeah, so I'm I'm definitely um 
excited by that performance from him. I was excited by how he linked up with Vlaovic. It would be wonderful for Juventus if that turns out to be a connection that really works. And, you know, like, <laughs> I'm a big vibes person. I really am sometimes. I think I probably talk about it too much given, you know, um, there's so much the tactical stuff to analyze as, as well. But but I think Allegri is a vibes person as well, honestly. I think um, that was always kind of the joke with him. Like he released his Mr. Allegri tactics app, but then actually when you listen to him talk, he's all about, yeah, you know, a manager shouldn't like um, obsess in the details. I'm a sort of eureka moments person. I tend, I like to go with my whims and my instincts. Um, and I, I just felt like watching Juventus, the vibes were good. Like the vibes were good between Chiesa and Love. Actually, they seemed to be enjoying each other. The vibes were good in a sort of cute, ridiculous way. When Vlavic is stood, I'm sorry, but it was it was funny to me, but it was cute. Like Vlavic was stood in the dugout holding up Pogba's shirt because everyone wants the Pog back. Um, I don't know, like, I think that stuff in a goofy way matters. You know, I always talk about it with Pogba, like his best time at Juventus and Dybala's best time at Juventus was when they were both there and they were both playing with their mates. Like they love playing with each other. Maybe, just maybe, there's something in that recipe for Juventus. And, and certainly um, I was encouraged by... Um, uh, Andrea Cambiasso's performance in this one as well. It was it was good stuff from Juventus. It was. I don't know if it was the game that most impressed me of the weekend. Um, although having said that, which one was? You know, um, Napoli obviously um, uh, got the Victor Osman that they wanted and they needed. And we've talked about that, like in our season preview, like why do we think that Napoli is safe in the top four? Victor Osman, easy answer. And he showed us why again. He's he's brilliant. You know, um, Gazetta described him in one article as the best sort of human number nine in Europe, as in basically saying, look, Erling Haaland's an extraterrestrial, but he's the best uh, human after that. I, I'm not even sure there's as much between Haaland and, and Osman as I used to think anymore. I, I really think perhaps it was such, an, such a Haaland-esque goal that he scored. Um, to get things going here that made me think, hmm. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. But I, look, it was it was a com- convincing win. But again, it's Frosinone, right? So what do we take from it? Um, because newly promoted team, even though they scored first, it's a, it's a tough ask. Um... Then uh, Inter, we've already ta- I've already talked about impressive, but they were only one and up for a long time in this game. There was a danger in that Inter game for a while. I felt like when they only had that one goal lead, that they'd fall back into the old Inter ways, and and that could really come back to bite them. I do think this talk of them signing Pavard would be a real game changer for them. I think that's a really surprising signing, given how much they they've struggled, and there's, there's seems to be very much on the table at the moment. If they get that across the line, it would be impressive stuff. Um, but yeah, you know. Both solid starts, but my knee's not ready to jerk for either of them quite yet. Um, is my knee jerking for Andrea Bellotti scoring goals at Roma? Is your knee jerking for Andrea Bellotti scoring goals at Roma? Mina Bellotti, of course, didn't score a single goal last season at Roma, but he didn't just score two goals against, um, against against Salernitana. I'm talking too fast. So I want to say too much in, in the limited time I've got. Um, 
I really, he didn't just score two. He had the goal disallowed before he started. I actually loved that goal most of all. I thought that was pure, like, best Bellotti. Um, the, the the taming it on the right foot, taking it on the left foot. That was what he was at his best. He was a very sort of no touches wasted, do what you have to do to get the ball into the net kind of striker. He's got that physicality. He's got that ruthlessness, or at least he did. And if he could bring that back, that could be really exciting for Roma. Uh, obviously, the result wasn't great for them. Two incredible Crandreva goals. Um, but I want to know, Mina, is Andrea Bellotti back? I want to know, Mina, is Charles de Cattellara the real deal? I mean, he's such a, a player I want to get behind and seeing him score, um, having not scored again all season, like Bellotti didn't score all season for Milan. Um, and then to score within 45 minutes less than coming off the bench in the second half of that game. And, and scoring the opening goal for Atlanta of the season, having already hit the, the, the crossbar, having already sent a header just over. Brilliant stuff to Catalera. Mina, is this jerking my knee or is the Catalera going to be the real deal at Atlanta? And, um, the, uh, the, uh, other, um, knee jerk was, is Federico Chiesa going to be back? So those are the three which I wrote about my column. And I want to know, Mina, if your knee is jerking, whether you think that those three uh, can be the real deal again. Bellotti, Chiesa, Di Cattellara. Um, and I also want to know, Mina, what you think about Lazio, because Maurizio Sarri was giving it the full conspiracy theorist this weekend. He was talking about this 0.18% chance that you could get drawn um, to play consecutive um, away games against Napoli and Juventus and Milan um, in your sort of games, away games two to four of the season. So they started this game away to Lecce and then the next three away games are those three. Um, and uh, then his team went and lost 2-1 to Lecce from a goal up. Um, obviously, as he's talked about, new signings aren't really there yet. They weren't necessarily in the team for this one. But are you worried for Sally or are you thinking, okay, We'll see this start to pick up steam as those players come in. Let me know what you think. Hi, Nikki. This is the second time that I am going to try to record this postcard to you in response to your wonderful one earlier. And I basically, I recorded one. I answered everything. It was just so wonderful. I made jokes. I talked about my life. And then it didn't save. So, you know... I'm kind of a bit gutted because it's 1am. I should really be sleeping because I have to wake up very early to go and see you at Sky Sports for our show tomorrow there. But things haven't worked out the way that I wanted them to. Um, and I shall have to start this recording again. Um, it kind of feels like, do you remember a long time ago when we recorded a podcast and one of our first ever um and it didn't record we were with Gab at the time we had to do the whole thing over again anyway let me start so the first thing you said to me is what do I feel about the strikers whether it's Charles de Catellare um obviously Bellotti um at Roma or Chiesa at Juventus are they back are they back to being their very best so I thought the, the match with Atalanta and Sassuolo was was pretty good one because I thought Sassuolo handled Atalanta pretty well. And then, of course, the substitutions came and Scamacca sort of changed things around, was more of a dynamic force. And I can see the beginnings of something very special between him and uh, and CDK. I'm not going to keep saying Di Catellara. I just feel like it sounds a bit obnoxious at this point. Um, and I just thought that, ooh, could this be interesting? Now, I kid you not, Charles 
hasn't scored since guess when? Guess, guess. April Fool's Day 2022. Isn't that really? I don't know whether it's a bit funny or not, <laughs> but he hasn't scored obviously all of last season. And then, you know, this was his first Serie A goal. And, you know, Atalanta, basically, you know, Zapata was doing such a great job. Like, I'm not, it's not such a great job because Sassuolo managed to, to really, like, um, stop them from scoring. But I thought there was so much that he did that remind me of the technique and his brilliance at Atalanta. And there's just all these now comments um, about him moving to Roma. Now, supposedly, he's got cold feet because the transfer has been agreed between Sassuolo and Roma. And I think that he could be a, an interesting um, addition to this Roma side. But Gasparini seems to still really loves Zapata and you could see a lot of that when from the way he plays there's just Zapata is still Zapata and he remember he reminds me of some good times um but either way uh you know all his technique didn't unfortunately result in a goal and Charles de Catelare then had these two great chances right like a header that didn't go his way then he hit the crossbar and there's just a part of you that thought well he hasn't scored since the you know since April's day 2022 it's just it's never gonna happen for this kid right um and then it does it goes in. And I think that, I mean, I was really surprised because I was like, what? I can't see it going. What are, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? How is this a goal? And I think that even he was surprised by it. Um, but how nice to get that monkey off your back. How nice for you to get back to, you know, people talking about you, to people knowing that there's a talent there. And you can see Gasparini in his post-match comments. He knows that there's a lot within this play. He kept saying about, you know, this, this guy's coming from Milan. He's done a lot of good work already. Um, asked him if he's the player that Atalanta's missing and sort of alluded to the fact that he was that. So I'm really excited to see him going forward because you know how much I've loved this player. I've, I've always thought that he's really special, always really enjoyed watching him, albeit in the Champions League. Um, so to, I was a bit jealous when Milan got him at the time. I was like, oh, I, you know, he's a player that I wouldn't have minded to have, you know, myself. But unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. And I'm kind of thrilled that he's on De Gasparini. Stefano Pioli is a great coach. Sometimes things just don't work out, whether it's the weight of the shirt, you know, the name Milan, the how expensive he is. I, I just feel like price tags, they don't get talked about. When they're very high, they can really impact a play on a psychological level. You saw that, for example, with Jao Felix. I think that he's always had that thing about being so expensive, other than the fact that he doesn't really seem to enjoy Atletico Madrid. Um, Kai Sergio was so desperate to make a difference for Chelsea when he came on this this uh, weekend and at 115 million it just turned out to be like this devastating performance that was poor to say the least um but I, I hope De Ketelare is there meanwhile for Chiesa so much talent you know I mean if he manages those quick accelerations like we know he can when he scores the goals that we know he can that relationship that seems to be really interesting between him and obviously Vlaovic but really, I, I need Keza to be at the top of his game and I want him to play as a striker more. I Because firstly, it's something that's missing in the Italian national team. Still interested to see what happens uh, with Skamaka and his journey with, uh, obviously with Atalanta as well as Rotegi and all the others. But firstly, it would be really great if Italy has a striker. Secondly, Juventus have a lot of players on that left-hand side, whether it's Alexandra, not a great option, whether it's Illing Jr., whether it's Costage, whether it's Cambiasso, there's a lot there, a lot of players who can hug the sideline, the, the, uh, who can hug the line as well. But with Kaysa, I need him to stay in the middle. And, and that's something that I, I really hope that Allegri insists on as well, because he has the talent to do it. 
And I think that he could make Vlaovic a lot better if he's closer to him too, because I don't want Vlaovic to feel isolated. I think it ruins his game. Um, I think he's somebody who likes to play off somebody else, which is kind of why I was open to the idea of bringing um, Alvaro Morata back, because he likes to be the guy off the guy. Um, but either way, Gazette to ask the question of, you know, do we trust this Juventus side? I hope I hope so, but I can understand why they wouldn't either. But the other question that I found more relevant is, is there really a need for Lukaku? And the way that Lukaku, um, sorry, rather the way that Vlaovic celebrated, it seems like he really is happy at Juventus. He's happy with his teammates. He doesn't want to go. So I hope that he doesn't go, um, even if I've had question marks about him. But Keza, Keza, I really... I would like him to sort of, you know, be the striker because he's just so endlessly talented. And the better that he does, the better that, well, the more choice that Spalletti has going forward with regards to which players he can pick. Um, 16 goals. Honestly, Keza's talent means that he could score so much more than that. So I think I think that it's better to give him that so that he has something to work towards, even if it's psychological. But I, I really want him to reach at least that because I think it's definitely, you know, that weapon is definitely within his arsenal. Um, and then, of course, there's Bellotti. Uh, I know that you really like the first goal that was then talked off uh, for offside, but I actually really like the goal that was counted, his first one, just the physicality, the sheer determination to get it, to score it. It was like, you're not going to stop me. I'm going to, I'm going to literally push through all of you I will raise hell I will do what it takes I kind of only really ever feel like that when I have a complaint to make because someone's really upset me I'm like no you're gonna listen to me here god I sound like such a Karen when I said that <gasps> am I Karen anyway um but sometimes when I'm like so infuriated because I feel really hard done by um anyway god I, I think I am Karen I will explain the situation another time but I promise you that I am not a Karen at least I hope I'm not. I've got to start having this conversation with people that know me better and then I can figure out if I'm a Karen. Anyway, while I'm having an existential crisis, let's get back to talking about Melotti. Roma, I didn't know what to make of their performance, to be honest with you, because I know that it's a draw, but there's a lot there that I thought was pretty cool, you know, I'm, and pretty good, really. I mean, if Belotti can get back to scoring, then I think that they don't really need to go for any other striker. Sammy Ibrahim won't come back. And I think Belotti might just be enough with Lorenzo Pellegrini and, of course, Dybala. But, you know, it's one game, so we don't know if the real Belotti's back because we haven't seen him. Now, it wasn't since April's, April Fool's Day, but since the 1st of May 2022, we haven't seen him score a goal. Um, and that was with with Torino. So really impressive for him to be getting back there. Just the, his style of play, rescuing them, getting a second goal, the physicality, the, the sheer desire to make a difference. It seems like he's come back with this mad ambition to be the guy. Um, and so, and, and I think the, he answered the question about bringing in another striker by being like, well, whatever happens, happens sort of thing was very good as well. I would love for Bellotti to be excellent again, um, even if he might be just a, a bit too old now for the national team. But he is just, he is such a, a good guy. You want him to succeed. Um, but otherwise, for Roma, I really liked Hussein Awa. Nice player. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do when they have, you know, Pellegrini, Dybala and everyone else back, you know. I, I, I really think that this could be an exciting year to watch them. So, but the question is, will they get Zapata? That is what I'm dying to hear. And how many goals can Belotti get? 
Hmm. Anyway, I just finished watching Milan. Um, I feel like there are so many good teams right now. Nikki, I'm kind of like so into all of them. But one thing I really liked is that during halftime, they didn't go back to the dressing rooms. They sat outside because it was too hot in the dressing room. And it kind of reminded me of like, I'm hot. I'm so hot at the moment. And it's only 25 degrees in London. And I say that, but it's 1 a.m. So it's like 17. And I am absolutely boiling. I feel like I've spent most of the day trying to get in front of a fan. Can you imagine if I lived like in a really hot country, just the sheer depression that I would feel? Um... Yes. So them not going back to the <laughs> to the dressing room is something actually that reminds me of um when I had to cover Verona when I had to cover Verona um in the first game of of the season and I think it was when Ronaldo had just arrived to Juventus and you know what Verona's like right it is like crazy hot the Bologna is crazy hot so you'll know that <laughs> but it was crazy hot I genuinely thought that I was going to faint. And they had obviously no AC um, in, in in the press conference or anything like that. And I just thought at that point that if I get fired, then I get fired because I really thought that I couldn't, like, I was so nauseated that I was just like, oh my God, I can, I, it's going to be so difficult. Um, but luckily at the time, there wasn't a need for it. And I don't remember why. But yes, I can only imagine how hot it must have been um, in that dressing room uh, in the Stadio de Lara. When, when Milan had to play Bologna. I was trying to realize that I might be a Karen. <laughs> like, a lot of stuff is just too hard for me to handle. Nikki, you tell me, right? Yeah, I think you tell me. Anyway, I think you were right about Christian Pulisic. I mean, you had very high hopes for him. What is going on? You had very high hopes. My, my camera just have, has a mind of its own. But you had very high hopes for him, Christian Pulisic. And I wasn't sure because there's a part of me that's like, oh, it's a roller coaster, you know. But I think one thing that I didn't consider is just how good Stefano Pioli is at sort of getting these these players embedded into his schemes to teach football. Um, and he had just such an impact in that match against Bologna. Milan started like fireworks, you know, it's attacking threats all over the place. Reinders, for me, was man of the match. I think he's such an interesting character, an interesting player. Um, I want to see how that midfield develops because Loftus-Cheek sort of, you know, did a lot of the hard work. Um, Reinders, oh, he, he can be really special, honestly. Pulisic, obviously, just his attacking potential, his creativity, uh, and, and you could feel like he's really happy where he is. I mean, he came out afterwards and says, this is the right step in my career going forward. So, and Giroud, Giroud is always a man you can count on to score the goals. But all in all, to have, you know, all these new starters, you know, and, and, and to have embedded so quickly into the schemes and to create that performance. Although there's something to be said about Bologna being really inefficient going forward in their attacking play. I did expect a little bit better from them, considering how they ended the season last year. They had such good performances, especially in the second half of the season. And um, and I know that they, they need... They need to replace some talent. Um, but I, I, Anatovic is obviously gone. But again, I still expected more from them, especially when playing at home. And so I was quite surprised by that. And when you look at the fact that, you know, Tomori, it's, he's still a worry for me there at centre back. So I don't know whether defensively Milan will have issues against teams that are better going forward because we obviously saw that, that Bologna isn't that. Um, so. 
okay, my, my phone is actually going crazy now. Um, but it is what it is. Um, so I'm excited to see whether you think that Milan could be a team that actually goes for the Scudetto. Who's your favorite so far from all the performances that we saw, you know, during this weekend? Who is your money on? And can we just mention, like, Kandreva? <laughs> like, I just, that goal, that goal is so stunning. His second goal, I mean, his second, I mean, the first one is beautiful too, but his second goal is so special. Um, and yeah, I mean, if he can continue doing that, then Salernitana can definitely stay up, but we need him to continuously do that. So just a question, I guess, what do you think of Milan um, and who is your favorite performance for this weekend? And as for Lazio, you did ask me about Lazio. I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you. You know, I was going to say that when I picture Sadi, I'm a very visual person. So I was just sort of think of him as this man with this cloud overhead, over his head with like rain and a cigarette stop in his, his mouth. He's just always so grumpy. Um, but anyway, um, I didn't actually watch the match against Lecce. I know I, I saw his press conference afterwards in which he seemed devastated by the defending. I cannot blame him, to be honest with you. Um, but one thing I will say is that I did expect Lazio to start with a bang. And I do feel sorry for him when it comes to all these away matches. He has a point. But when is there ever a time when when good old Sadi is not complaining about something? So let him complain all he wants. At the end of the day, I care very little for it. I just care that he does something special in the Champions League because you know how much I care about that. But I'll leave it with you. Let me know about your favorite performances and whether or not actually you think Lazio can make top four. Ciao. Oh, one thing. People were telling me they're going to be dark horses with all these players that they purchased and then they start naming them. And I'm like, none of them are really that impressive, except maybe one or two names. So certainly not to the level that I would expect of like somebody who departed like Milinkovic Savage. So anyway, I just feel like I've spoken too long, too much now. So over to you. Hey again, Mina. So long since I've seen you, all of about uh, five or six hours ago that we were together um, in London for our penultimate Sky Sports News transfer update. We'll be on again next Tuesday, and that's us done for the summer. Um, I have been told by producer Simon that I'm only allowed to have about five more minutes um, because he wants to be able to collate this all into um, our first podcast, the new season. So I can't talk for too long on this one. Um, you were asking about Milan and how I thought about their performance on Monday night against Bologna. Obviously really impressive, um, really encouraging, I think, um, the way they started, the way the Christian politics started. Um, I'm sorry, I'm really trying to keep a straight face, but if you're wondering why I'm bouncing so much, it's because my dog is trying to retrieve something from the sofa right next to me. So I'm trying to be like professional and like talk to you seriously. But next to me, I have a dog who's trying to find his toy that's gone down the back of the sofa. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a brilliant, really encouraging start from Christian Pulisic, who, yeah, I, I was sort of vaguely optimistic about. Um, I thought he... Um, 
he was really, really sort of slotted straight in there and was impressive. Um, I thought Loftus-Cheek had uh, a solid but unspectacular debut. Um, I thought that just overall you got the impression this Milan team finally has exactly what we've talked about, some different options. It's got some ability to be not reliant on, on Rafael Leal. And I think I just really enjoyed how Pulisic like, celebrated that goal of his as well. There was a certain sort of cocky American boy swagger about it, which is like super cliche things I'm falling into. But I don't know. I, I think there's something about that that attitude that will serve him well, that sort of willingness to back himself, that willingness to take that shot, that willingness to to try to be the man again. I think that's what he knows he's got an opportunity to do um, at Milan this season after really sort of finding himself on the fringes at Chelsea. He's got a chance to to put himself at the centre of things and and that willingness to back yourself and and take the shot on and try to be that player and not second guess yourself I think some of it does require a little bit of that arrogance if you're going to be in the in the goal scoring positions on the football pitch so I I I liked the swagger um I think you know with all of these teams I'm just not I think now that I've had a a day a two days to digest the the weekend's games and a day to to digest the the Milan result I just don't want to get carried away with anything, you know. I think there's there's so much that we still don't know. I think every season, the start of a season, you watch games and someone will really start off well and they won't be able to sustain it. So time will tell. Um, as I said to you, sort of in our non-recorded time at Sky earlier, my, my worry from the opening weekend is actually that we're going to end up with a an extreme sort of set of haves and have-nots in Serie A this season. I think we're definitely going to have a really interesting title race. I think there's going to be several teams that can contend and compete with that title and I do put Milan in the category that can definitely still after that opening weekend um, but I'm, what I'm worried about is that there may be a real separation between the top seven eight teams in Serie A and then a group who really can't hang with those teams um, teams you worry about on the opening weekend obviously Genoa who had such a rough start against Fiorentina um, but I, I think there are there are others. I think Udinese really struggled against Juventus. I think Bologna in this game without Arnautovic did look really overmatched. And yes, you know, it was only 2-0 in the end, but Milan really took their foot off the pedal in the second half. And who can blame them, given what you were saying in your episode about, um, in your episode in your postcard about the um the heat and the fact they didn't even go in at halftime for their for their halftime break in the in the locker rooms because it was that hot. So I, I think it's any of those games it was the same thing with Juventus where you saw a team take their foot off the pedal in the second half. Don't be surprised by that. It's August. Playing in August is pretty brutal in Italy and a lot of these games are kicking off in 30 degrees or, or more temperatures, even when they're being played late in the evening. So, um, so yeah, really strong start. Um, you were asking who my favourite um, performance of the weekend was. I think actually my favourite of the weekend was Pontus Almqvist at Lecce against Lazio. Um, his goal was brilliant and... Um, I mean, there were so many brilliant goals. I was about to say a real goal of the week contender, but I think there's probably about 10 of those this opening round. Obviously, Kandreva had great goals. Pulisic's goal was great. Um, but I, I'm going to forget them if I try and list all the great goals. There were a lot of great goals, even though there weren't that many goals um, in Serie yeah, this weekend. So I, I definitely... Um, but I really liked Armquist. I thought he was so direct, so willing to carry the ball. So, I mean, I think he had seven successful triples in that game against Lazio, um, as well as scoring that goal, as well as doing, I mean, even better than his goal was the, the side fit goal celebration, which was incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm really sort of think he was, if I was going to pick out any one player this weekend, I know that sounds a bit hipster not to take someone from one of the big teams, but Almquist was the guy who really 
blew my socks off this weekend and um, I'm super curious to see if that was a one-off or if he's actually another really exciting new talent that we've got landing in Serie A. Um, definitely a really positive start for Roberto De Versa having replaced Baroni on the bench at Lecce and, and yeah, having just said about I think there's potential to be like a haves and haves nots in Serie A this season, could Lecce end up being something in between those? Could they be a a team that could find their way into those middle spots and maybe force their way into the European conversation um, for the Conference League race. Who knows? Far too early to say, trying to resist all those uh, jerking knees. If you wanted a team performance that impressed me the most, I think actually for me it was Fiorentina, just because um, to do that when you aren't one of the teams that's assumed a title contender to go away from home and clobber a team, and even, even if it was a team set from Serie B, to, to integrate new players like Gonzalo into the team right away, to do it without Sofia Amrabat, by the way, who we still don't know at time of recording whether or not he's going to be there at the start of this season. Um, we talked about that on Sky Sports News today and, and Manchester United and Atletico Madrid still chasing him. So as ever, Vincenzo Italiano, a star, even more of a hero this week. I'm sure you've probably seen it for the amazing clip during the game where someone sat in his seat and he physically like hurls him off, uh, get out of my seat in the in the dugout. So yeah, individual player Almquist, uh, team performance most impressed with Fiorentina. I will stop so producer Simon doesn't kill me, even though I've got loads more to say as always. Um, but we'll catch... I'll catch you, Mina, and I'll catch all of um, the Chronicles Patreon Tifosi who are watching this and all of our listeners on the podcast again very, very soon, I'm sure. Sports Social Podcast Network.